0: Am I going? <laughs> <laughs> OK, here we go. Hi, my name is Brittany. And I'm Joshua. And we're two librarians. <laughs> You're... I'm Joshua. No, you so no, fine. You so fine. Okay. Do you want to say it again? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm Joshua. And I'm Brittany. And we're two librarians who talk about sci-fi and fantasy and a little bit of everything else. On today's episode, we'll be talking about graphic novels, but first, we'll be starting with a random question, and then ending with a happy question.
1: So, Brittany. Yeah. If you could have any superpower, what would you? What superpower would you pick?
0: Um, I would do teleportation, Ooh, because a I'm really bad at directions, so if I could just get there and not have to think about it, that'd be really great.
1: <laughs> so you could just be like, I'm hungry, I want to go to the kitchen, so you just boop into the kitchen.
0: Well, I know that sort of direction, but... <laughs> I I always know my way to the kitchen. I'll get, I'll get there. Um, if I'm, like, traveling, if I had to find a new place. Yes. I'm horrible with directions. Like, literally, when I went to college, all my friends were like, if somebody wasn't going to get you a Garmin, we were all going to pull together and get you a Garmin. Because, like, they knew. They knew. And I was going to college, like, farther away. Were, like, oh we gosh. were worried. <laughs> so, that'd be my power. What about you? Okay.
1: I've always wanted to be a Jedi Knight. <gasps> yes. Because of their force power. Yeah. Uh, not because I'm particularly noble or anything, but because I'm... I'm lazy. What? Yeah. What do you mean? Say say like there's a book all the way across the room. I'm like, oh I'm already comfortable. I don't want to get up. Use my mind power. Grab that book with my mind.
0: You want to be Matilda? I
1: kinda do, yeah. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. That's cool. Uh, yeah, so definitely mind, mind not mind control, but uh that'd be helpful. Telekinetic where I can move things with my mind. Because I'm lazy.
0: No, because it's cool. Mm-hmm. Like that's super helpful. You could be Matilda. <laughs> Who wouldn't want to be that?
1: Exactly. Okay. So, actually, the first comic book that came out in 1933 by MC Gaines, I, I doubt you'd ever recognize him.
0: No, <laughs> I don't know. I don't know, know that guy.
1: Yeah, he's a mystery to me. So, he published something called The New Funnies. Okay, so apparently he took a bunch of comic strips from newspapers and put them in a book. Oh, cool. Okay. Yeah, so he made,
0: he made his own Pinterest board. He did. Oh my gosh. And he. <laughs>
1: Isn't that amazing, folks? Pinterest in 1933.
0: He's like, I'm going to put it in a book, and this is my Pinterest board. (laughs) These are the things I like. (laughs) I
1: love it. Uh, So uh, all this changed in 1938 when Superman showed up, crashed through everything, broke a few windows, as he does. And then, I mean, the comic as a genre was born then. yeah, I mean, you'll see it. Everywhere. Batman, X-Men, Avengers, all that stuff. DC,
0: Detective Comics. Yes,
1: exactly. Exactly. So uh, the term graphic novel, it didn't really come into function until the 1970s. Okay. Yeah. Also, contrary to popular belief that a graphic novel is somehow different from a comic book, it's not always the case because right now you'll find so many graphic novels that started their life as comic books, you know, the Batman series and so mm-hmm. on. Still, graphic novels kind of had a bad reputation with comic books. I know. I That's say,
0: really funny. Isn't that really funny? Because like, okay, d- quick quick aside. Yeah. So, I worked at the middle school for a few years and there is still like a bad reputation mm-hmm. for graphic novels. You know, you hear teachers or parents be like, you can get the one graphic novel, but you have to get a real book along with them like they are real
1: books i'm sorry folks we don't agree subscribe to that (sighs) graphic novels for many people are a gateway they are into reading yeah
0: you know or if you have stressed out pandemic brain Mm -hmm. graphic novels are a great way to keep reading truth and plus, they're really pretty. They're beautiful. Yeah. I mean. Like, uh, don't disparage illustration. No. Like, it's its own artwork. Yes. Oh, my gosh. They're so good. Yeah. Anywho, that was my quick aside.
1: Oh, uh, thank you for that. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, people, people think for some reason, still do, that graphic novels are juvenile, that they're subliterate, which is not true. Not true. At all. Uh, and they're also pornographic, which is also not true. Uh, it can be true. Yeah. Well, I mean, if. <laughs> Like, like any book, like even if there's some print books. Oh, yeah. If you're not into that kind of thing, don't read those books.
0: Yeah. There's all <laughs> sorts of graphic novels, yeah. just like there's all sorts of books.
1: Exactly. Exactly. So it didn't really reach popular appeal. It didn't reach critical appeal until a book called Mouse by Art Spiegelman. Have you heard of this
0: one? I was required to read that in college.
1: Okay. What, just basically, what's, what's going on with Mouse?
0: Um, so it's about, jewish nazi camps Mm -hmm. and literally the nazis were cats Mm -hmm. and the jews were mice yeah and the americans ended up being dogs (laughs) which is kind of (laughs) interesting that is funny it was about one of the one of the younger mice i think he was talking to like his dad or his grandpa about his time in Mm -hmm. in the the camps yeah so it was dark stuff it was just really it was interesting though yeah it was interesting required reading
1: yeah yeah so a lot a lot of critically, it kind of reached the level of, say, you know, a book like Animal Farm and such that it just had a lot of depth and a lot of Literary power behind it. Mm-hmm. Uh, people are still reading it. I mean, even to this day, is as required reading. It's
0: yeah, it's, it's heavy reading. It's
1: heavy reading. Yeah, yeah, it's about yeah, it's about the Holocaust. Yeah. So, Mouse came out, changed everything, and then followed Watchmen by Frank Miller and the Sandman series by Neil Neil Gaiman. Those three books kind of solidified graphic novels' place in our libraries. Basically, interesting. Uh, they made it accessible. They made it appropriate enough for critics to be like, yes, this is a form that's worthy of of artwork whatever that means whatever And but, more, but also importantly it got a lot of people who normally weren't interested in comic books into reading graphic novels graphic novel appeal has just kind of exploded since then
0: yeah uh, especially with younger people at least ex- that I've seen
1: yes definitely this publication type has just uh, exploded thanks to young readers and readers who are Coming into chapter books, but still need that little illustration just to get the the whole effect of the story. Yeah, you know, to, to something to refer to uh, along with the words.
0: I also heard a theory. There was a podcast that talk about how um, technology affects our brains mm-hmm. and how the internet has really affected our brains and young people's brains, especially with stuff like Pinterest and Facebook mm-hmm. and all sorts of social media. They're saying that our brains are now being geared more towards skimming, Mm -hmm. you know, how your eyes like flick across the page and you look at all sorts of things rather than up to down and like left to right. And graphic novels really lend themselves to that format of reading. I hate to say, you know, regular books like are deeper reading, but it's just, it's a different type of reading. It's a different type, yeah. And not one that Pairs really well with internet, the way the internet had changed our brains. Yeah, you know, so that's a theory I heard, and I'm like, yeah, that actually makes sense. That totally does (laughs)
1: make sense. Yeah, because with a graphic novel, you can just actually just look through some of the pictures and get a sense of what the story is all about. Yeah, definitely. Not only that, with our changing brains, but people who are uh, living with dyslexia get enormous response from graphic novels because if you're having trouble with the text you can always refer to the pictures to get the context of the story mm-hmm. and kind of suss out the meaning there mm-hmm. so just to say that graphic novels have no place in your reading life because of some some notions that they're not real books i i think there's a lot to be said about that that yeah yeah. yeah. They're, they're <laughs> why very why do you think
0: that? don't yeah. have an appreciation for art?
1: <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Oh, goodness. Okay. Well, so the first book I'm going to talk about is Monstrous Okay. by Marjorie Liu and with art by Sana Takeda. So I immediately got attracted to it because of the artwork. It's just some of the most beautiful thing I've seen in book form. Yeah. The panels that Sana Takeda, the artist, creates are just so intricate and they're epic in their scale. Like, you can stare for hours at some of these pictures and not get the depth of detail in them.
0: Very detailed. I've seen the cover and like, it's beautiful. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. It's absolutely beautiful.
1: Yeah. So both these women, Marjorie Liu and Sana Takeda, they've won some awards for their work. They're both multiple Hugo winning artists Mm. in the uh, sci-fi world. That's pretty big. They've also received Eisner Awards. Eisner Awards are for comic books. And I think Marjorie Liu was the first woman and woman of color to receive an Eisner Award for best writer. Yes. Yeah, so that's pretty cool. So, Monstrous is kind of a mixture of fairy tale fantasy, uh, bringing in creatures from mythology and folklore of the East and Southeast Asia. They also throw in some steampunk elements with airships and machinery and things like that. So, it's a kind of a mix between fantasy and a little bit of technology. The main character's name is Micah Half Wolf.
0: That's a cool-ass name. Isn't it a cool name?
1: She's also an amputee. Most of the story, she's without her right arm, I think it is. So it kind of starts out where she's in captivity with other magical creatures. They're called arcanics. And uh, the human regime is called the kumea. And they kind of had a war in previous events uh, before the story starts. And there's a lot of hatred between those two sides, because the humans, after defeating the Arcanics in a war, they're kind of slave labor, where they will use the bodies of the captive Arcanics to fuel their power, their prestige, their wealth. Okay, so they're kind of a resource in that way. Micah escapes with a little fox girl. She's known as Kipa. And she escapes with a two-tailed cat named Master Wren, who's kind of a snarky. If, if you're a fan of Sabrina the Teenage Witch and you know uh, Salem, I mean, oh, Salem-inspired Master it. Wren is. Love it. Yes. So the first few uh, books take place in their escape from the city of the humans uh, to get to the lands of the Arcanic, which is divided by a wall. So yeah, I think it's uh, an interesting story. It's going on its fifth volume now, so it's quite long.
0: I have a question. Yeah. When you say Arcanics... I only read like the first couple of pages. Are the Arcanics like cyborgs? Because I hear Arcanic, I think mechanic. Is <laughs> no. that not the case? Okay. No, no, no.
1: Uh, so they are, actually, they, they have nothing to do with technology because they have, you know, magical powers.
0: and they- Oh, like arcane. Yeah, arcane. Oh, okay. Arcane, yeah. Oh, that makes more sense. Yes. I was like, they're like cyborgs. Maybe I'm pronouncing it wrong. <laughs> no, I mean, I'm here for it. It's fine. <laughs> I also think I'm getting a little confused because she has like a metal arm or something. So I was like, oh. Yeah, yeah. I think she gets that
1: later though. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Uh, I, I've only read the first few volumes. I haven't gotten any further than that. Yeah. The story is really fun. I don't wouldn't consider this a, a good book for young people, for kids especially because it's extremely violent. Mm. Uh, graphic violence too. And some really serious adult themes mm. explored in the book. Okay. So, uh, what book are you going to talk about, Brittany?
0: Um, the first one I wrote notes about, it's called Spill Zone. Mm, nice. I pick it a lot for book boxers. Both of these books, I do actually, especially they're like I love graphic novels. I'm like, here you go. the The author is familiar to me, Scott Westerfeld. Ah. Yeah, okay. So he um, he wrote the series Uglies, uh-huh. which I think a lot of people, especially my age, would probably be familiar with. I read them when I was a teen. It's a great series. I think his style of writing translates really, really well into graphic novel because, uh, I don't want to say it's angsty. It's a, it's a little angsty, but for me personally, but in graphic novel form, it's really fast paced. Mm-hmm. It's punchy. It translates really well, especially in color format. I'm like, oh, this, this is really good. So if you like Scott Westerfeld's stuff, You should definitely check out the graphic novel because I think it's even better than his writing personally. Mm -hmm. But anywho, about the story itself, there was an accident three years ago and nobody's really sure about what kind of accident it was. There's now the spill zone. And luckily it's mostly contained, but it's really, really weird. Like the laws of physics in there uh, don't apply anymore. Nobody's allowed in there. There are really, really weird things in there. There's monsters. Um, The people who didn't escape, you learn, now float around in there. And Addison, the main character, she calls them meat puppets because they literally float with their faces up to the sky and their eyes are glowing. It's very scary. And another part, it's like, uh, she calls it flat town. Everything has literally been 2D'd and flattened onto the ground. And if you touch it, you will also be flattened. (laughs) So it's very strange. So Addison... She sneaks in there and she takes photos and that's how she makes her money because people want to see what's inside the spill zone, but it's obviously really, really dangerous. And her one of her main rules is don't get off the bike. She goes in on her dirt bike and she takes pictures from her dirt bike. And it's a little bit of shading dealings that she's mm-hmm. doing, obviously, and she gets hooked up with this lady and she's like, I need you to go inside this building. I need you to grab something for me. And Addison's like, no way. She's like, I don't go in the buildings. Like, no, I'm good. (laughs) And the lady's like, I will give you a million dollars if you go into this building. And Addison, she is raising her younger sister, Lexa, who is also in the spill zone during the accident. And Lexa no longer talks because of the accident. And it seems like, I think she was on a school bus full of children and all those other kids. They don't talk either. Yeah. It's like, it's spooky. And... She's like, okay, to like make ends meet, I'm gonna, I'm gonna go in there, I'm gonna get that million. So it's very, it's a very odd book. I would say, um, if you like Stranger Things, mm. if you like Annihilation, I think you would at least have an appreciation for the book.
1: Yeah, definitely. I, I, as you were giving us that synopsis, I was thinking of all those references. Okay, wow, well, it sounds kind of like the uh, the Upside Down and Stranger Things. Yes, it definitely sounds like. Uh, I can't remember what that place was called in Annihilation, but that that mm-hmm. same idea. It was like
0: the zone again. It's, it's always the zone. The zone. <laughs> oh no, you know what it was? It was like the glimmer or something weird. Yeah, it was something weird like that. <laughs> um for any gamers out there if mm. you've played Control, mm. if you like that game, you'd probably like this book again. That's like its own building with its own set of physics and rules inside the building. Ooh. It's a very good game. If you like that sort of I think they call it new weird. It's a, mm-hmm. kind of like its own genre. Spillzone kind of goes into that. I would say it's um, it's a YA book, so it's not super spooky. It's not super graphic, but I really liked it. Yeah. Oh, and there's also a spooky doll in there. Her oh, name is Ves- awesome. Her name is Vespertine.
1: <laughs> I love that name. <laughs> yeah,
0: and That's you don't cool. know if Vespertine is good or bad. Ooh, so, it's okay. very interesting. And that, I feel like that remains somewhat inconclusive. And there's two books. So if you get the one, I'd say get the second one cuz it goes by really really quick. Yeah. The first one's 211 pages. So, it's really quick. Yeah,
1: but still, as a, as a graphic novel, that's like
0: nothing. It's nothing. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Okay. <laughs> well, still staying on that uh, new weird genre that you were talking about and uh, things that are related to Stranger Things, uh, that kind of brings up my next pick is the Paper Girl series.
0: Okay. Tell me about it because I've heard so many good things about it.
1: Yes. Yes. So, uh, it kind of, it's riding a wave of 80s nostalgia that's you know, made popular with the Stranger Things story. Mm
0: -hmm.
1: So it's about four teenagers. Uh, Actually, they're not teenagers yet. They're 12 years old. Uh, They're tweens. They're tweens, yes. (laughs) And they are on their usual paper route after Halloween. And so they decide to band up together because the early hours after Halloween is kind of dangerous time for young girls to be out alone Mm because there's drunk people running around and... Hooligans, so it's they're, they're socially conscious in that way. Uh, so they decide to band up, co- join together, and finish their paper routes. On their way, they encounter a person from the future. He's a soldier, a teenage soldier, fighting in a time war hmm. against the old ones. So it's kind of a a battle between a younger group of people from a further place in the future against older people who are from an earlier point in the future, and they they think that. There was a divergent time happening around this time period, where they want to make sure that their futures are secure. Does that make sense?
0: This is very Doctor Who. Very Doctor
1: Who. Yeah, actually, it starts. One of the girls accidentally gets trapped inside of one of the uh, the time travel devices that that the uh, teenage soldiers are in, and it it kind of looks like a TARDIS, not, okay. not <laughs> really like a TARDIS. It, it, they've you know, for copyright concerns, they yeah, can't it's it. not a police but it's box. A, you know, it's a little box uh, that te- teleports her through space
0: and time. It's like a mailbox. Yeah.
1: Yeah. <laughs> So uh, actually, this series is finished now. You can read the whole collected works. We have the volumes in our library. So if you're interested in reading those, you can check those out. So if you're into Stranger Things, if you like time travel, if you like, you know, if you are into like shows like The Monster Squad or movies and TV shows where tweens kick butt against older people and save the world, then Paper Girls is the... Graphic novel for you. Plus, the artwork is amazing. And they're super short, barely even 100 pages Oh, each each edition. You can read them in a day in a single sitting. Mm -hmm. So yeah.
0: So it's like grab the series and go home for the weekend. Pretty much, yeah. Um, would you say it's young adult or adult? Okay, that is an interesting question. Or maybe new adult. I,
1: I, I would say maybe new adult. Uh, so there are some scenes that are a bit
0: troubling
1: uh, because they're violent. Should we talk about
0: what new adult is?
1: Yeah, what is new adult?
0: New. Okay, so let's. young adult mm-hmm. is geared towards teens, typically. Young adult is like high schools through early 20s. New adult is like early 20s through, I would say, 30s, mm. it kind of hits that college age, kind of starting families. You know, it's it's new. It's not young adult. It's mm. new adult. Right, right. That's kind of... I don't want to say it's a new genre, but it's kind of a new um, section that I hear about more and more mm. new adult. In case you hear that, that's what that is. Oh, thank you. Yeah.
1: Yeah. So, definitely, I think it would fit in that grouping because... Because of the pop culture references, I think some of them would be a little bit lost on you know if you're a teenager because you would have your own set of cultural yeah. references to to uh, engage with. But this one is definitely towards people who have a nostalgia for the 80s, for the 90s.
0: Are you an 80s baby?
1: I am an 80s baby.
0: I'm yes. a 90s baby. Yes, but I'm 92, <laughs> so I'm almost 80s. I I always joke with Christina because she's also an 80s baby. I'm like, it's like he reached out from the 80s and took my (laughs) hand. I have a strong appreciation for the 80s. Well, we are
1: accepting bunch of the the, the 80s babies. (laughs) So, we'll accept anybody regardless of what decade they are. Thank you. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. So, Brittany, what is your final pick?
0: My final pick is it's the graphic novel that got me into graphic novels. I thought graphic novels were not my thing. And I picked up this book and I was like... I think it might be my thing. It's Nimona. It's by Noelle Stevenson. I'm showing Joshua the cover. Oh, I've seen this. I love the artwork. Oh, my gosh. I love this graphic novel. And it's like, I will recommend it to anybody because it's so funny. <laughs> Fun fact, it started out as a webcomic. And then it did so well, she turned it into a book. She She's close to my age. Um, she wrote a memoir recently called The Fire Never Goes Out. And that was also very good. But as far as this book, it's 266 pages. It also won an Eisner. But if you go on Goodreads, there's like there's like paragraphs of all the awards it's won or awards it was nominated for. She hit the big time when she wrote this book. It did very, very well. It's medieval sci-fi? It's fantasy and sci-fi all together, all in one. Um, The main character's Nimona. She's a shapeshifter. She's a feisty lady. Mm -hmm. It starts out with Lord Ballister Blackheart. And he is like the resident villain of the land. And his arch nemesis is Sir Ambrosius (laughs) Ambrosius Goldenloin. (laughs) They're fantastic names. Goldenloin. (laughs) Goldenloin. Ambrosius. Blackheart is working on his plans to like show everybody how not cool Ambrosius actually is. And Nimona shows up and she tries lying to him. She's like, the agency sent me. He's like, yeah, where's your letter? She's like, okay, the agency didn't send me. (laughs) She doesn't even try that hard. She basically says, like, I want to be your sidekick. Like, I want to help you out. So if you were to consider Blackheart, like... What is it? Not not legal evil. What is it? Lawful evil. Lawful evil. <laughs> <laughs> legal evil. He comes with his his pencil and pen. <laughs> legal. If you were to consider him lawful evil, which I would argue that he's not, mm-hmm. um, he's actually a pretty good guy, then Nimona would be chaotic evil, oh. like Lord Ballister Blackheart has a way he does things. He's like, this is how we're going to conduct this plan. This is how we're going to show everybody. And it's like, so it's a little nefarious, but it's like he he has reasons why. Mm-hmm. Like, I, I would just love to do a character study on all of them. They're just like they're all they all have such depth to them, and he and they're all really funny. Nimona has no such qualms. She's like, let's get in there, let's kill some people. He's like, no, Nimona. <laughs> He's like, not without reason. She's like, I can turn into a dragon. I can light everybody on fire, and you can be king. She's like, this is really easy. <laughs> He's like, no. <laughs> most of the book is them doing different schemes together Mm -hmm. there is like kind of an overarching storyline that's happening especially as you're learning about the relationship between Blackheart and golden loin and the friendship they had and probably a little bit more than friendship they had Mm -hmm. nimona she makes up all these stories about her origins and you never actually learn like how she got the way she that she is um there are some strongly implied theories but she never actually comes out and says like this is where i'm from she might be really really old in here, she looks like a teen and she she looks like a punk. She's pretty awesome. She has red hair and most of it shaved. And I, I just love this book so much because it's such a beautiful balance of levity versus serious tones and relationships between people and how sometimes you hurt people, but you still really, really love them. And... I just love it so much. That's i great. I'm sure I said that a million times, but it's so good. I think everybody should read it.
1: Yeah. Oh, I I mean, that's that's what I've heard about this book. That there are really grown up themes and the arc of each of the characters is very personal and very- Yeah. Uh, very fulfilling, I think, as, as being a reader. Yeah. You enjoy watching them grow and change throughout the novel.
0: Yeah. If somebody has read this book, I would love to hear what they thought of the end because I wouldn't say it's like super closure. Mm-hmm. And usually I hate that, mm. but I really loved the way that it was done. I was like, this is amazing. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I yeah. love it so much.
1: Yeah, That's, that sounds great.
0: That <laughs> is definitely
1: on my to-be-read list. It's so good.
0: Mind. I bought the hardcover copy of it. Ooh, I loved it so much. But it's really nice. It is. It's very satisfying. <laughs> nice. Yeah, as always, uh, these
1: books can be picked up at any of our Coastline libraries. Mm-hmm. If you want, make a hold. We will fulfill that for you.
0: Should we rename really quick what we, what we went over? Yes. Because I, nice. whenever I listen to book podcasts, I'm like, what was that one they said? <laughs> Let's read it in just really quick. So, okay. what were yours?
1: So, my recommendations for graphic novels were Monstrous by Marjorie Liu with art by Sana Takeda, and Paper Girls by Brian K. Vaughn and art by Cliff Chang.
0: Nice. I did Spill Zone by Scott Westerfeld. I did Nimona by Noelle Stevenson.
1: Nice. So uh, we're going to close up again with our What Brings You Joy. As we've recorded this after the holidays, What Brings
0: You Joy. Am I going first? Yes. Uh, Yes. Yes, you are. Okay. I I think I was telling this earlier, but um, my mother-in-law got me some embroidery sets. Yeah. It's like some floral embroidery. And I've talked about before how I have a really hard time sitting and like reading quietly and just being able to sit. Mm -hmm. And with embroidery, it's actually been really meditative because I'm focusing so hard. I'm like, where am I putting the needle? What am I doing? And it's brought me some joy. I think I should try to sit like every night and try to do it or every other night or whatever. So- that's bringing me That's joy. Awesome.
1: Yeah, it's so meditative just to, to sit and create art basically, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. Uh, yeah, same thing. What brings me joy is uh, I, I have a hobby. I, I'm a, I like to do digital art mm-hmm. on the computer. And that is something that brings me joy, uh, especially when I'm home from work. I just need a quiet moment. I just sit down with a tablet, sketch out something. And uh, I feel really fulfilled by that.
0: Yeah, you should yeah. bring your art sometime.
1: I, I will, I will. When I when I bring something that's good enough to show. No, it's
0: good. <laughs> it's fine. It's good. It's art.
1: Thank you. Thank you. All right, folks. Well, I hope you have a great rest of your day, great rest of your week, and uh, we'll see you next time.
0: See you all later. <laughs> Thanks for hanging out with us today. You can reach us at starships at koosvinglibrary.org. We'll see you next time. Bye. Bye. <laughs> I like that. that was a good one. <laughs>